Hey, Graham, did you know we actually have a sponsor for the Flourish Hill podcast now? I did not know that, but I'm very excited for it. Who is it, Junius? It is UNC Lenore Healthcare. Now, UNC Lenore Healthcare is a nonprofit hospital located right here in Kinston, North Carolina, and is licensed for 261 beds, serving the residents of Lenore, Green, and Jones counties. The hospital is staffed with over 100 physicians, and they offer inpatient, outpatient, and preventative health care services. As you just heard, thank you to UNC Lenore Healthcare for sponsoring the Flourish Hill Podcast. This is the Flourish Hill Podcast, the first new episode of the new year. We hope all of our listeners had a very happy Christmas and a very happy new year, and we have a jam-packed show for you today, and I'm very excited for it, especially because of our two special guests that we have. Our first guest that we're going to introduce is the sports correspondent, con- commentator, and contributor and editor for News News. He is the media director for the John Wall since 2007, public announcer for the Kenson High Vikings since 2009, and public announcer for the Down East Wood Ducks since 2007, the legendary Brian Hanks. Okay, you're throwing around the word legendary a little too <laughs> easily there, but uh, but thank you. Place, but thank place. you. But thank you. And then our other guest that we have is a former phenomenal athlete for Kenton High. He was a graduate of the 2016 class and was a class president. He was a member of the state runner-up team for football his senior year and a two-time state basketball champion and baseball player for Kenton High. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeremiah Fields. Jeremiah, man, how do you how do you mess that up, man? Don't they supposed to like add the claps? Thank you guys. I'm glad to, glad to be here. I'm glad you guys invited me on the show. Hey. Well, also one of the best interviews in my 26 year career, and I'm sure in your 11 or 12 year career too, right, Junius? Listen, I got two crazy <laughs> stories that I have to bring up with, with Jeremiah. The first one has to be when we did when we had our podcast back in the day. Uh-huh. You know, we were trying to figure out the the game of the year between Kempston and Green Central. And I remember you picked Kinston. I think I wound up with Green Central. And after Kinston yep. won the game, 28-21, to 21, I'll never forget that <laughs> Jeremiah went up to you and said, listen, thank you, Mr. Hanks, for <laughs> being the one to pick us. And I listened to the whole podcast, all 78 minutes of it. And I was like, if I had known this information prior to, I would have never picked the Rams on <laughs> Yeah, it was um, that was definitely a game of the century. It was fun. It really was. Most fans ever at a Kenson High School football game was yeah, that night. Extra bleachers. Yep. And we won in dramatic fashion. Yep. So, it was one of the best games I've ever covered. And it definitely adds to um, your historic resume that you had at Kenson High. You know, like I just said, you know, you were a part of the state runner-up team your senior year for football, and you're a two-time state basketball champion. Of course, playing alongside. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! He needs to show the rings, Danny. Uh, oh I, I know his hand is hurting right now. That's, those those rings are pretty heavy. Did you not notice uh, when he came walking in? He was kind of oh, listing over. I the didn't. Side I didn't notice. Yeah. I didn't notice. You look a little cold, but I think oh, yeah. I, I think I know why because of that ice on your finger yeah, right I now. This thing got frostbite. Show those to the people that are watching right now. Look at that. And he's got the gold watch. We're not even going to talk about Nixon. Nixon. Good Lord, Jeremiah Fields has come up in some high fashion for this podcast. And, I mean, (laughs) Brian, you're still repping your loyal Virginia hoops. I always will. Great season so far, too. Yeah, until the NCAA tournament. We'll not <laughs> talk about that. Be optimistic. We, yeah. we, we won't, yeah, we won't talk about that, but what we will talk about is something that I'm very excited to have you on the show for, the John Wall Tournament, which yes. took place last week. Of course, 
Genius, you were there too, writing stories. And um, oh, he's not just there; he's the assistant media director for the yeah. whole thing. Wow! Yes. Ah, yeah. Come on, congratulations! Yeah. yeah, so there you go, assistant media director and media director. You've mm-hmm. been the media director since 2007. Just kind of talk to talk to us about what it's like to be a part of a tournament this big. Because if you've never heard of the John Wall Invitational, then you're obviously not a high school basketball, basketball sports fan. Because this is probably in my opinion, one of the best tournaments for high school basketball in the country. It really is. It totally is. Uh, I really kind of got lucky with it when I came to Eastern North Carolina in 2002. Uh, I had a friend of mine named Michelle Hillison. She was a media director for it uh, when it was called the GlaxoSmithKline. I know you probably remember Jeremiah. It was called the GlaxoSmithKline Holiday Invitational. Everybody just called it the Glaxo. And uh, I had done some work with her on a couple of websites, and uh, she asked me if I would come up and basically what like what you do for me, be an assistant to her. So I did that for a couple of years, and uh, then she decided she liked having her. She had a young daughter, and she wanted to have her Christmases back. So uh, she asked me to, uh, or she didn't ask me. They asked me if I would take over as a media director. So I did in '07, and, and the rest, as they say, is history. Since then. Uh, we've employed a lot of Lenore County people up in Raleigh, <laughs> yeah. haven't we, Junius? Yeah. We, uh, Junius is my assistant director. Charlie Casey, who also works for the Down East Wood Ducks, he's another one of my assistant media directors. We've had guys from here lay out pages. Uh, Richard Clark did it for several years. We've had uh, – who else? I mean, well, I know we've had uh, – we've got a lot of Lenore County connections up in uh, I mean, Raleigh Webb for the John Wall. Webb Wellman, who is – yeah, oh exactly, God. who is the uh, – uh, assistant director for it, and he's a board member for the Triangle Educational Advancement Foundation, which is what the money goes towards from the John Wall Holiday Invitational. He's, uh, I'm telling you, he's taking it to new heights. It's been really good. This was the 47th edition of it, but it just keeps getting better every year, and it's because of people like Webb Wellman and Bill Sewell, who's been the director. He he became the director the same year I became the media director, so we've sort of done this hand in hand. And I still laugh about it because I was I was talking to you earlier about it, and I guess I'll just share it with everybody else. Back in 2013, <laughs> when I when I moved out here to Kinston, Brian had actually asked me to be a part of what at the time was the high school OT invitation, mm-hmm. and I don't know whether I was just like, no, I'm good, I'm gonna <laughs> go spend time with family, but I just kind of declined. The very next year, 2014, I said, you know what, fine, I'm gonna come out to Raleigh, and then I'm just watching the games. I'm in awe by all of the talent out there. And then Brian was like, hey, you want to make 20 bucks covering this game? I was like, sure, why not? Like that'll that'll take care of my gas. I believe my I said, do money. you want to make 20 bucks the hard way? <laughs> Easy as twenty bucks. Yep, yeah, there you go. And then next thing I know, um, another company asked me, "Hey, can you cover two games for me um, tomorrow?" And then yeah. the Fable Observer are like, "Hey, can you cover this game for me?" I was like, "Well, I was going to do it anyway, but sure, why not?" I then believe we, I told you there were going to be lots of opportunities out there yeah. for you to, to freelance. So, and the very next year, I become the assistant immediate director. It's my fourth year doing it. Wow. Uh, basically, running the girls' tournament. And there's no basically running the girls' tournament to it. He runs yeah, the girls' tournament. So. Wow. Uh, yeah, he does. He, awesome assistant, yeah, best don't, assistant. Don't, don't now, Jonathan so Massey, short. if he listens to this, I'm going to get in trouble. But you're the best assistant, best assistant I've ever had. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I, I think it's mainly because you know I, I took over the girls' basketball responsibility and kind of kept it away from everybody else. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, Lord, uh, you're videoing this, right, BJ? Oh, Lord. Okay. Yeah, it's not. It's not just recording. We're also we're also videotaping too. Oh yeah. But um, Jeremiah, you were a part of the um, like I said, part of the two-time state champion team for Kids Nine. Y'all actually got invited to play in this tournament. Of course, at the time, it was called the high school. OT tournament, but just kind of take us back through the memories that you had of playing in such a big tournament like this. Um, along with playing uh, with Brandon Ingram, uh, shout out to him, the Lakers. But um, 
when you play with alongside with Brandon Ingram, he's just a lot of eyes on you already. So when we walked in the gym, I just remember it because I'm always first, of course, short as the tallest. And I don't, <laughs> don't run away from it. I love it. So um, when I walked in, everybody was just like, look how short he is. And then they look up at Brandon, they were like, well, look how tall he is. So um, of course, that's everybody, you know what I'm saying, their first impression. But um, just playing, I didn't think I was going to get in a lot because I had just got moved up to varsity for my junior year. But Coach Tinder put a lot of faith in me. He played me every game, and I scored every game. I made sure to get up my shot. Um, <laughs> but um, when I got in against Leesville Road, we were playing, and I got in, I made a jumper. And usually when you get in, somebody just make a jumper like that, and people go crazy. You know, so you think it's a charity case. And so I'm like, they must think I can't really play. So I then I come yeah. back, and I hit another one. I hit another, like, free throw jumper. And um, they were just going crazy. So and then after the game, this group of um, this group of kids, they had just came up to me. They were just so amazed that usually kids are amazed at how short I am and I'm able to play well. Um, so they were just like, let's take pictures. We took pictures. And uh, now I keep up with them on Instagram. Now they're doing way bigger than I've ever done. We still communicate. So it was just like I really love basketball and I really love going to those tournaments to show kids that they can do it. And because – Kids, they see like, oh, I'm almost taller than you. That's almost 90% of the time, this kid's first thing they say to me is, I'm almost taller than you. And I'm like, yeah, you can be better than me. You can do this and, and everything. So I just want to show them, at least provide some standard for them that, you know what I'm saying, short people can do this too, but you'll be much better than I am once you get to this level. Um, so, yeah, just using that spotlight from going to tournaments and things of that nature for the better and for the youth, it was just amazing to me. How tall are you? And I didn't mean to jump in, but yeah, so I'm it's five. your show. Oh, wait a minute, I forgot. Yeah. This is Junius and Graham's this show. Is, yeah, so um, nah, go ahead. I'm five one and a half. Okay, I'm five two with shoes on. Okay, I, I like that much point too, so I'll take that. So. It was it was really the perfect setup that year because you had Brandon Ingram who was so tall, and then you got yeah. a man here, you and, know, who's still contributing to big shots and big time plays in the game. So it was you know. Perfect peas in the pot. Yeah, who was the um, tallest player that? Taco, Taco Fall. Taco Fall. Yeah, he was from uh, Florida, seven foot six. Yeah, so um, many of you if sports fans, with basketball fans, if you know uh, Muggsy Bowles and Manute Bowl. Yeah. When they took the famous picture when he was holding the basketballs and they were stacked like eight basketballs in between them. They wanted to do that picture with um, me and me and him and Taco, but we were scheduling conflicts. We just had left the tournament, but it was definitely an experience. I kind of want to go back to what you were saying earlier about just inspiring a lot of the kids because that's something it seems like you're doing over there at, um, in Winston-Salem State. You're a junior now, correct? Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, and at Winston, it's just, it's, it gives me a lot of opportunity. It gives me a platform and a foundation to emerge into the communities and to talk to these children who, who need it because coming from Kingston, that, came up, that played a big part in me finding Winston-Salem State. Winston isn't too big. It isn't as big as Charlotte, but it's not too small either. So I was like, let me get in between. I can, you know what I'm saying, make it work where I could turn my name into like just a name instead of a number. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm just using all my resources to um, bring everything back to Kenton with the youth. And I know that we were talking about, about how you have some plans for this summer involving the youth here in Kenton. Kind of take us through uh, what your kind of vision is that you have in store, what you want to do this summer when you come back home. Okay, so um, I've had a, I took a course this semester. Um, it's called Business Plan Foundations. And in the course, I did a lot of research on the demographics in, of Kenston and the psychographics of Kenston. And I've came, and I've always wanted to come back and impact my community. Like a lot of the people say, this generation now isn't as polished as we are. But that's just because the people we're not coming back. Enough of us aren't coming back to 
show them that love and that guidance and that wisdom that they need. So I really like challenge myself more than anyone else to like come back and show these kids love and stuff like that. So I came up with this camp idea. It's called 40 Athletes. First D is for dedicated. We want the kids to be dedicated towards a goal and towards a dream and their vision. The second D is, where is driven. You got to be driven towards your goal to be, and so you can stay dedicated. And the way you'll stay dedicated and driven is through discipline, which is our third D. And this, if you're disciplined to your, your work ethic and your drive, you'll be successful. And, and that leads us to our final D of 40 athletes, destined for greatness. If you be dedicated, you're driven, and you're disciplined to everything you want to get to to see your goal, you'll be destined for greatness. And that's what we want to um, – we want these kids to understand this in Kansas, North Carolina, from ages tw uh, 7 to 12. Because kids are getting younger. The generation is getting a little bit younger now. So we just want to grab them while they're young and show them this love and the guidance and, of people who they've seen come through Kenton and be a proud product. That's awesome. And the fact that they're coming back to Kenton because it seems like a lot of times the problem that you have is that some people just say, you, you just got to get out of Kenton. Yep. You know, go go play high, play high school play high school basketball in Kenton, go play college somewhere, and then make it to the league. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, you know, you don't see – a lot. I mean, and but Kenton's good about it. But a lot of times mm -hmm. you don't see a lot of big time athletes or even just regular people just come back to Kenton. Yep. But I think doing this, you know, is a great is a great way to show that for kids here, especially the young generation, like you talk about, which is heavily influenced here in this town, to show that someone cares about them by coming back. I think that's a really cool thing that you want to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, when uh, and I've been talking to guys like Dory Hines, the head coach at Perry, and right. Josh Dawson. He's just been. Um, mm -hmm. He just been selected as the head coach at Rochelle. Mm -hmm. So I've been talking with them back and forth, and we're going to get this thing going because we're guys that's, that's from Kansas and they wanted to come back and made the impact that I, was just, yeah. that I just mentioned. So you I just want to – go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know what's crazy? Um, we were talk, Brian and I were talking about it earlier, and we were saying that you're <clears throat> probably the most, I guess, best, most influential um, high schooler we've, that we've talked to. Yeah. Oh, I would definitely agree with that. I mean – when you look at the impact that you've had, uh, especially, I mean, outside of like a Brandon or a Reggie or somebody like that that's played in the NBA, I mean, you and I think of Kyle Brown. Yeah. You, you remember Kyle yeah, Brown? Yeah. He was a couple of years older than yeah, you? Yeah, he's, he's a four, And he's a Winston-Salem State guy, right? He went to Winston-Salem State, and he did yeah. a great thing. So I seen what he was doing. I kind of followed in the same path. But that's what yeah. I think is really cool yeah. is that, uh, and, and Junius is correct, I mean, outside of, you know, obviously the guys that have gone to the NBA, I mean, you and Kyle Brown are the two that have made the biggest impact I've seen yeah. among uh, amongst yeah. youth here. Yeah. And my just my thought process, it was just like knowing people and like if – these guys were getting that spotlight, and I was on the same team as them. Mm -hmm. Why not me either? So, yeah. and I just knew, like, and I know if I'm blessed, I know I can bless ten times more. Mm -hmm. I can just bless more people because I just want to give it back. And so this is essentially what it all boils down to. All right, now <clears throat> we're going to talk about some of these other games from the holiday tournaments. Oh, okay, let's go. All right, now we could talk about the – I'll talk about the John Wall tournament a little bit because Kempton's girls did play in it. Yeah. And <sighs> Do you really want to talk about that? Uh, I'm just going to quickly hit it. <laughs> real quick, real quick. BJ, are you gonna you gonna clip this out, right? Okay, <laughs> oh, okay. <gosh>. Wow. <laughs> Kenston, they had a they had a tough time in the tournament. Um, they played three very amazing teams. Heritage, who wound up winning the, the whole thing in the first round. They lost to Jacksonville, a very very good three A team with three girls that are legitimately six foot, including um Kennedy Todd Williams, who is a verbal commit to UNC, and then. Leesville Road with Brittany Stays. I forgot where she's going to. I believe on um, UNC Campbell. So 
it was a tough it was a tough outing, and now Kempston is on a five game losing streak. But talking to Chris Bradshaw, the coach at um, Kempston High School, talking to some of the players, they were saying that this was a learning experience, and yeah, the fact that they're young. playing three A and four A schools. They're not going to play anybody tougher. Yeah, in, no, in absolutely. Well, until they make it to the playoffs. Anyway, now, am I allowed to ask you a question? Go ahead. Oh, this is awesome. Uh, cool. What is wrong with Kinston girls basketball? There is something. They lost two going into the John Wall against teams that they should beat. And they've lost three in a row in spectacular and probably in historic fashion at the John Wall. I mean, they got outscored 190 to 93 in the three games. They've lost five in a row now. What's wrong with Kenston basketball, Kenston girls basketball? And I think Jeremiah wants a shot at this too when you finish. All right. Now I'm going to say the losses in the tournament were defensible because again, okay. top three A and four A schools. I mean, Heritage is no pushover. Oh yeah. Leesville Road, very very good. Jacksonville, they've got a lot of height. What Kenston lacks, they lack a lot of post presence besides that Anzaria Cobb. Now Talia Jones came out and really did a lot of good things. And she could possibly be that second post presence. Um, I saw girls like Kamaya Baker and get the opportunity. Kimson is very guard driven, mm-hmm. and if you got a big post in there, that can be a little bit troublesome. Now the games against Goldsboro, I watched um Taziah Kelly and Eastern re- Wayne really take over, and then Eastern Wayne they have Jeez. they have a couple girls, Naisha Best and Maisha Best. If they get hot, then there's no telling what could happen. Mm-hmm. So. I feel like Kinston, yeah, they're in a bit of a rut, but as soon as they get back into conference play, I feel like they'll be able to take that over. Yeah, they're um, also they're kind of young. I would say they're kind of young. They you are. Know, yeah. Those guards that they have, um, I used to help those guy, those girls. We used when they was in middle school. I used to help coach like Larry Powell. I used to help work them out at Fairfield. Yeah. So like, I've really seen them come into their own, and they're they're still so young. And again, like you said, they they lack post post presence, and so I feel like throughout the duration of the season, they'll get better especially around conference time. I think everybody just buckles down, but I will say that they are kind of young and experienced. Well, I, the only reason I ask is, is I look at last season, and you know you covered it last year. They right. win their, they lose their first game of the season down at West Carteret, and then they run off, what, 29 in a row, 28 something in a like row, that. something like that. And they played a lot of these same teams. Now, not the John Wall Invitational, <laughs> obviously, <Yeah>. obviously. <laughs> But they did. They ran off 29 in a row, and I just I hope this is something they can shake out of. I mean, that's, De- that's the only thing I'm concerned with. Definitely. But you have to remember that they lost two very, very important senior leaders in Danielle Heath and Natasha Wooten. Okay. I mean, not only that, you're losing post players, six foot, six two. you know, a couple of girls that you can basically just throw it down there and they can get you a bucket. So just not having that presence can really hurt. But, again, other girls are, are stepping up into the forefront. I mean – some of the guards like Mikayla Dove and Sharice Jones, they, they've been great throughout the season. And, you know, with Talia Jones' development, and they're still a deep team. They still yeah. go 10-11 deep. They're so. still going to win the conference, right? Yeah. Without question. Now, yeah. North North could surprise a little bit. I mean, Ashanti okay. Lynch has been absolutely amazing. I'm on, yeah. I've only had the chance to see her one time, but that one time I was thoroughly impressed. So, Kenston, we're all, we have a history of having a tough offseason. I mean, well, uh, non-conference. We yeah. always had a tough non-conference. Yeah. So when the conference comes around, it's usually we're in full swing. It's a little bit easier. Speaking of Kenton, they were a part of some other local um, Christmas tournament games that took right, place that we want to talk about. First game that I want to touch on, this took place at the FCA Christmas tournament at University of Mount Olive. Paradigm played South Lenore and actually beat them 78-63. to And a lot of times where it's a public versus private school matchup, you got to discuss it. So let's just kind of talk about, or let's just hit real quick about what led to Parrott's success um, defeating South Lenore. I didn't have the opportunity to see the box score or anything, but I'm going to assume that Renna Parrott was able to hit their three-pointers. I mean, they've got a lot of great shooters like Nick Harrison, Caleb Jones, Matthew Huntley, and if those guys get going, particularly Harrison, they can be a problem for anybody. 
Well, they were coming off of two losses in that tournament. They lost to Goldsboro in the first round. Another public versus private school matchup. They lost 68 to 54. And then they also played Spring Creek and lost to them 66 to 51. So I feel like Parrott's bat was kind of up against the wall a little bit. And they were able to come out strong. And like you said, they probably were very effective from behind the arc with their three-point shooting to get get that win against South Lenore. Uh, These two games that I want to hit took place in the Pitt County Christmas tournament. The first one, let's talk about Aiden Griffin versus North Lenore. North Lenore, this game did not count towards their record in the ECC, but it was a, definitely a big confidence booster for the Hawks. They defeated Aiden Griffin 75-57, to 57, wow. and at halftime, I believe, this, I can't remember what the score was, but I know that North Lenore was holding Aiden Griffin to under 10 points at the half. Wow. All I know is, you know, Aiden Griffin, I've seen them play a few times. Probably the most I was impressed with was when they played Farmville Central. It played them almost perfectly. I believe it was either a tie game or within two points. And Farmville Central eventually was just too much for them. So for North and North, a team that had struggled, particularly against Eastern Wayne, I remember. And they came back, won, uh, won the second meeting, and then blowing out Aiden Griffin the way that they have. I mean, it shows that not only do the Hawks have some life, but Third place in the Eastern Carolina Conference could be a toss-up. I mean, you you still have Northern Orr, you still have Aiden Grifton, who even though they lost, you know that wasn't a conference game. And then you got Wes Craven that has been shooting the lights out. Yeah, and uh, Northern Orr did lose to Farmville in that second round. They lost them ninety-one to sixty-seven. That honestly is an improvement from the first time that they played Farmville because it was a it was a worse blowout than that. And then finally in the third round they played D.H. Conley and lost sixty-three to fifty-four. But North North has a big conference game coming up that we're going to talk about. And it's actually our game of the week, and we'll get that later on to that in the show. And then this game that I want to talk about, this took place in the finals of the Pitt County Tournament. Green Central taking on Farmville once again for the third mm. time this year. And Farmville beat Green Central again, but they only beat them by six in a 77-71 to victory in overtime against the Rams. I'm going to tell you like this. That second meeting – Farmville Central was up by 21, I believe, in the fourth quarter, and Green Central actually cut it down to seven. Now, the thing about Green Central, I felt like as time goes on, if they started getting it to their post players, Amaje Dodd and Dante Johnson, and then the guards like B.J. Corbett, Hassan Hudson, Control Subs, if they started to develop a little more, this team, I will say they can make a, another deep run in the playoffs. Of course, last year they made it to the to the state title game, lost by four down Forest Hills, but – They've got some of the best bigs in, in 2A. So if they can continue to to develop, they're still learning under Blue Edwards. I mean, the transition from Edwards, from Charles Harris, it can be tough. But Green Central has the best has the best shot to attempt to dethrone Farmville Central. I definitely want to get you and y'all's opinion on this next topic. Mm-hmm. Talking about Kenton High's performance in the Bun Holiday Tournament. First round, they play East Waite. They lose to them 55-48. to Second round, they play Bun who was hosting the tournament, and defeated them 76-72 to in double overtime. Yeah. And then finally, in the third round, their final game of that tournament, they played Faith Christian Academy and beat them 83-63. to But, Brian, a lot of people know you for being the PA for the Kitson High Vikings, and, of course, you played yeah. at Kitson High, so you know the historic history with basketball there. Just kind of talk to us real quick. Well, talk to us about what you've seen so far of this Vikings team, and then give us your thoughts on what you've been hearing about the Vikings this year? Gotcha. Well, I think they're a team right now that's still trying to find their identity. When uh, Damian Dunn transferred uh, coming into the season, it really, I think it threw them for yeah. a loop. So, I mean, he was going to be the leader of this team, yeah. Jeremiah. I mean, kind of like how you were as a senior. I mean, yeah. he was going to be the leader of this yeah. team. And 
when he announced right before when he announced right before East Coast that he was going to transfer, it it, it kind of threw them into yeah. a quandary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're struggling. They're struggling yeah. a little bit right now. I think they're going to be fine. I really do. I mean, you've got a, a, a coach that you played for that's yeah. won three state championships, who I have the ultimate confidence in. But he's someone's got to emerge as a leader on that team. Is it going to be uh, the Parson kid? Is it going to be uh, Isaac Parson? Is it going to be Dontres Styles? I mean, who's only a sophomore? Are one of the seniors going to step up? These are like questions I can't yeah. wait to hear him answer yeah. because. But somebody needs to step up. There's not a. There's not. That you got to have that alpha guy. Josh Dawson was that alpha guy. You were that alpha guy for your team. I, exactly. Then but that's what Tigger I'm saying. Last year. Yeah, you had Tigger last year. There's got to be someone that's going to step up and say, "This is my team. We're not going to lose tonight." Instead of people just going to the locker room and looking at their phones. Yeah. So, um, definitely hit on that. Is we look at our season as a process. I mean, Coach Taylor breaks it down as a process every year. We never like start out the season. Looking for a ring, even though, of course, it's just so given that it's a it's a common goal. But um, we instead we look to have our best game first, and well, we look to have our best first practice or best practice, and then we look to have our best game. But yeah, the leadership aspect it just has to happen. It doesn't have to be a, a great vocal leader. It just has to be some. It just has to be somebody who is a leader. Period. Who can either play and show it or speak and show it. Because, but you can't just have one because if you just say it and you don't do it, you're not respected. If you just do it and you don't help anyone else, you're not respected as well. So it just it's a it's a it's a mutual area, a mutual ground that somebody has to step into. And um, I you said you hit out my name and Joshua mm-hmm. Dawson. It's usually point guards. P.S. It's sort of point guards. It and honestly, if you look at if you look at NBA or if you look at coaches, period, in the game of basketball, most coaches. Are point guards yep. because you got to understand everybody's position and you have to understand how to talk and communicate with everyone to get them to do what you need them to do. You need to let them know. You need to let somebody. I play with Josh Dawson and it's just like it's strictly business. Your feelings out the window. Like Josh Dawson, you know he's tough. <laughs> He'll break you down, he's, won't he? Yeah, he's tough. So yeah. it's just like you got to leave the feelings at the door. And I'm pretty sure uh, Coach Taylor is giving it to those guys, telling them that yeah. there needs to be a leader. But I think they'll get it. They're still pretty kind of young. But somebody will emerge. Well, and I will say this: you said that about East Wake. Listen, East Wake's a four A team. Yeah. I mean, let's not with a winning record. I think they're eight and four right now. I was just looking it up. So I mean, East Wake is not a scrub team. I mean, they're a pretty good team that they lost to there, along with Bun too. Yeah. Bun Tanner's a double overtime. Uh, But real quick, we're going to hit the final segment. We got the predictions for the big games this Friday night. I'm very excited to get our special guests (laughs) on this game. So let's get right into it. The first game we're going to talk about. This is for entertainment purposes only, right? Oh, no. It's not like we got some money on it. We can make up our own Vegas betting odds. But first game we're going to talk about is Parrot Academy versus Cape Fear Academy. And this game is interesting because Parrot has already played Cape Fear first. Cape Fear is number one team in the conference. Parrot had them, was leading them by 29 points first time they met and allowed Cape Fear to win by six. So this is going to be an interesting rematch. I don't know, they were up by 29? They were up by 20-something. I mean, it looked like Parrot was going to win, but they allowed Cape Fear to come back. All right, this game's going to be played in Wilmington, right? This game is at Cape Fear this time. Mm, okay. It's, it's going to be tough. Like I said, Arena Parrot, they're, they're a team that lives by the three, dies by the three. If they're hitting them, they could, they could win, but – it's going to be tough on the road. I'm going to have to go with K-Fair Academy. Okay. Um, 
Well, I've been seeing how uh, Parrot plays. They play pretty fast, and um, I know the guy that Dory is. You know, he's a he's relatively young in the coaching career, but I I respect his ideas and I respect his coaching ability. So I think I might. I'm going with Parrot. So you might go with Parrot for the upset? Cape Fear by 12. Cape Fear by 12. I'm going to have to go with Cape Fear. I would hope that Parrot keeps it close. I mean, they pretty much dominated in the first mm-hmm. meeting but let Cape Fear come back. So I would hope they would know what their mistakes were in that first meeting and come back. But for right now, i got to give it to Cape Fear because of the home court advantage. Second game, this is a Eastern Carolina Conference matchup with South Lenore and West Craven. Okay. I think I'm going to be real blunt. I think I'm going to go with West Craven. With their shooting abilities for this season. I'm going to go with Wes Craven, too. It's got to be Wes Craven. Okay, can I throw a scenario at you? (laughs) Go for it. What if South Lenore had all the players that were supposed to go to South Lenore this year? Dontrez Stiles would be there. Uh, Shaman Wooten Wooten would be there. Who's the kid for Parent Academy? Jaquan Mosley. Jaquan Mosley. That team beats Wes Craven yeah. by 17. Oh, yeah. The team that's on the court form right now, unfortunately. Yeah. And God bless him. And I'll tell you what, you know, we both love Jeremy. I mean, he's doing a really good job over there. Right. But they're, they're going to lose. Yeah. They're going to lose. Uh, Wes Craven by 21. All right, moving on to the next game, Greenville Rose versus Kempston High School. I'll go last. Kempston by uh, – Kempston beat them at – I did that game. Kempston beat them at home by – or. In Greenville by like twenty six, twenty seven. So, Kinston. Well, they got to get their stuff back together. So I'll say Kinston by uh, thirty one. I might say a little less. I mean, I feel like Kinston is gonna probably struggle early on, but they should roll out to a pretty easy victory. Yeah. Bounce back game for the Vikings. I got the Vikings winning. Oh yeah, definitely got Kinston winning on this one. I say about twenty seven. Okay. That's moment. why you want to go last. Yeah, I, I want to go last guys. Mine was given. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, the big game, the LCC game of the week that we'll be at, Green Central taking on North North. And this is probably going to be Green Central's first tough away game in the conference because if the Hawk Crazies can, you know, bring the home court advantage for North North, it could make it a little chippy. And interesting fact, the past three years that Green Central has played at North North, they've only won by six points or less. So, whenever Green Central goes to play at North Lenore, I mean, you know this too. North Lenore, doesn't matter what their record is, as long as their you fans gotta come are out and in play. it. Yeah, and it's, it's the same with Green Central. Like, so, they bring their – they can be an intense environment right there. I like it. But, um, oh, I'm not going first. I don't want to go first. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll go first. I'll be the bad guy. <laughs> Listen, I, I, I always like North Lenore student section. I have a lot of fun out there. But I feel like Green Central – is probably going to break that streak. I say they win by 15. Rams by 15. That's exactly what I was going to say. And I, oh, I don't man. think it's going to be that close. I think maybe it'll be close in the first quarter. See, he's getting mad at me because he's a, a North of I, I'm guy. not, I'm not See, saying nothing. Did you notice that BJ, his cheeks, his cheeks like, are getting red? Yeah, His cheeks are getting red. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it's – I'm more nervous about BJ telling us to, to hurry up. That's why my cheeks are red. By 15, Green Central by 15. Look, this is a must-win for North Lenore. It seems like North Lenore always has the potential to be third place in the conference, but when they have their first big game like this, especially at home, and they don't win, it starts to take a downward spiral for the Hawks. So this is a must-win for North Lenore. But right now, I mean, Green Central is dominating the conference. You know, they're coming off a successful round in that Pitt County tournament. I got the Rams, but I'm going to give the Rams three points. Okay. Fair. Um <laughs> <laughs> I do uh, Green Central. I do Green Central by at least twelve. 
giving them the home court yeah. advantage. All right, well, there you go. Well, this has been the first episode of the new year for the Forest Hill Podcast. Brian Hanks, Jeremiah Fields, thank you guys so much for being on the show. It's been such a blast having you guys. It's my honor, and especially to be sitting across from that guy right there. And I, people that are listening to this, I'm pointing at Jeremiah. I mean, I'm honored yeah. to be with you guys, too, but very honored to be with one of Kinston's up-and-coming leaders. Absolutely. And I'm very happy to see and very excited to see what you're going to be doing this summer with everything. Yeah, and I'm so glad this is our first in- interaction with one another. I think we all know mm-hmm. each other pretty well. So mm-hmm. oh, I'm yeah, just glad definitely. to be invited on the show. And um, I was just about to, I wasn't able to do it. And I um, had reached out to Graham and was like, I'm not leaving till later the next day. So it's like, please slide me in there. I've known you since third grade. Yeah. I was going to get you on here. <laughs> yeah, me and Graham, we've been playing playing ball together and stuff. He's, He's not very good, though, right? Yeah, I suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, brutal, honesty, honest. brutal honesty. Brutal he, honesty. He, He's in the right seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. No, no, no. Hey, yeah. Oh, that was all. Awesome. Listen, perfect was good. Listen, before before <laughs> before we get out of here, I gotta give one more shout out to our first ever sponsor of the Flourish Hill Podcast, UNC Lenore Healthcare. Thank y'all so much for this. Again, it's a nonprofit hospital located in Kinston, licensed to 260 for 261 beds, serving the residents of Lenore, Green, and Jones counties. Staffed with over 100 physicians, and the hospital offers inpatient, outpatient, and preventative health care services. So, again, thank y'all so much to everybody listening. Thank you so much, Brian, Jeremiah. Y'all are awesome, and thank you for sharing your insight for today. And, Graham, it's a pleasure doing this with you. Oh, yeah, and we'll see you Friday night for the LCC Game of the Week. This has been the Forest Hill Podcast. Thank you for tuning in.